programs to lessen academic disparities. The number of Chinese international students defying national trends. And students are not sticking to their majors. This week on Chronicle Headlines. Go Earth, what Columbia looks like! This is what Columbia looks like! Published since 1973. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. This is Chronicle Headlines. to our next story. In the 2012 cohort of Columbia students, both black and Hispanic students graduated at lower rates than white and Asian counterparts. To go a little bit deeper into this story, I have Mari Devro in studio with me, a staff reporter who worked on this story. Now, when I say that they graduated at lower rates, what does that look like? Is there a group or a grouping? Like, how does this all work out on the, you know, an academic level in categorizing these groups? Uh, basically, it just means that a certain like lower percentages of black and Hispanic students who went who came here in 2012 graduated uh, in 2018 lower rates of those different groups mm -hmm. graduated than white and uh, Asian students why are we picking 2012 why is there this six-year qualifier is that uh, just because or is there some research behind that right that's a standard um, measure that most uh, play most schools use to judge when students graduate, they usually use six-year increments oh, because not okay. everyone graduates yeah. within so four that, years. Around that time, you may have right. getting, gotten out of college. I think we do all know people who may not have gotten out in four years. So I guess the major question is why? Why at Columbia are black and Hispanic students graduating at lower rates? Black students have a 32.9% graduation rate, and Hispanic students have a 46.1% compared to the 53.1% of white students and 59.6% of Asian students who graduate. That's kind of numbers soup, but for black students, it, it, they're in the 30s while everyone else is up in the 50s, and Hispanic students are in the mid-50s while everyone else, or mid-40s while everyone else is in the 50s. So why is that? Well, the reality is it's not just a Columbia issue. This is really pretty much the majority of higher education institutions uh, in America, and that's largely due to racism, inequality, um, of inequality due to lower access to mm -hmm. resources for different groups of students um, and different levels of care that is given to different groups um, in terms of cultural uh in terms of resources that surround their cultural mm -hmm. identity. Okay. Um, so. Yes, I know you spoke with Provost Marcella David, and she's working on some things to try and sort this problem out. Did she give you any concrete ideas on what's going down, any best practices? What were her ideas behind this? Right. Well, we do have the TRIO Conway Achievement Project, which has been at Columbia um, for a while, but they are starting this year they're going to help students who experience food insecurity because if you don't have food then how are you supposed to focus on your academics so that's um, going to help a little bit and it's specifically targeted towards um, students who are marginalized um, and who are either first generation uh, people of color or disabled students who don't um, get the same help that other students who are in the majority do. Um, they're also trying to hire more diverse faculty so that students can feel like they uh, have more of a place and they're more accepted at the school. Um, and so yeah, those are those are two of the main ones. Is there anything else that they may be working on? Is is because it's not doesn't sound like it's just we're going to educate people better. Right. It's we're going to try and address some of the concerns. Is that what their main point is? Yeah, I, I think so. I, they also have. Um, the student ally program, which is, it, it is teaching people, but it's also, it's, it's teaching faculty how to 
better address some of the in-class issues um, that come up. And they also said that they gave more scholarships this year um, to students because financial um, inequality is one of the main reasons that different groups of students tend to drop out or can't continue at Columbia. So that's that's one of the main issues. Um, and I'll, of course, financial instability is also tied to race. Um, so yeah, We did mention this isn't just a Columbia problem because some of this disparity can be reflected in national data. 41% of black students attending college in America graduated in six years as compared to 63% of white students, 54% of Latino students, 71% of Asian students, and that's according to a 2017 report by the U.S. Department of Education. So are there any examples of schools outside of Columbia trying to address these issues and having some success? Is, are there some best practices we should look at here? Yeah, and specifically, I the school that I talked to was Southwest um, Tennessee Community College, which is in Memphis, um, and they talked about how poverty and racism have all affected that area uh, very harshly. And so they, it's been a struggle for them to get their achievement rates up, but they've actually closed the achievement gap between black and white students by two percentage point, and they've um, tripled their graduation rates for every student in the last three years. Um, this is mainly due to offering wraparound services outside the classroom that address homelessness, mental health issues, and food insecurity, um, which are which are things that colleges don't often think about. They mainly think about the in-class issues, but it's these larger issues that affect a student's ability to learn in the classroom. I kind of want to jump back to a number you gave. So you said that uh, Southwest Tennessee Community College, the, the achievement gap between black and white students shrunk by 2%. What is the achievement gap? What is this 2%? Yeah, so... Basically, the achievement gap can refer to um, graduation rates, also rates of, you know, doing just doing well in school overall. Um, it's it's basically kind of a, a catch-all term for anything having to do with academics. Yeah, so it can mean a lot of things, but basically students aren't dropping out, students aren't failing, and now... Right. 2% more black students are meeting to the white students, or like how, so it just shrunk by 2%. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mari, is there anything else you think we should know about this story? Uh, anything else that you'd want to learn, you can learn by going to the Columbia Chronicle website and reading more on the report. Or you can pick up a newspaper nearest you. I believe it's the third page in the print edition. Mari, thanks for coming in. Thanks. story has somewhat similar themes to the last one. There is a declining number of international students leaving their home countries to come study in the United States. However, this story does not deal with the academic disparities per se as the last one did. To cover this more, I have staff reporter Lauren Leesenby in studio. So Lauren, what type of decline are we looking at here? We are looking at a decline of about um, 3.6%, that's a decline in enrollment um, of Chinese international students in U.S. colleges and universities, and that's um, from the 2016-2017 academic year to the 2017-2018 academic year, and that's data from the um, Institute of International Education. And when we're talking about enrollment, we're not talking about retention or graduation or their success when they come here. They're just not coming here as much? Yeah, that's essentially it. They're just not enrolling as much as they used to in um, U.S. universities. Is there any reason why? So I talked to um, a couple students about this uh, who go to Columbia who are from who are uh, 
international students from China. Um, one was Tyra Guan, and she expressed several different reasons for potential reasons for this decline. But one that she said that really stuck out to me was that the economic situation in China right now is improving. So the middle class there is like growing quite rapidly. And a lot of people are choosing to stay in China because the um, systems are improving so much that they can get a, qual a very quality education in their home country and then go on to receive a well-paying job as well. Did she happen to say if that was not possible before or something, or were there just less economic opportunities for postgraduates? Yeah, she was saying that for a long time in China, the focus was specifically on um, increasing GDP. That was like the main um, focus was, you know, exporting mm -hmm. um, materials and products. But now there's more of a cultural focus. So they're focusing more on things like art, um, music, movies, that sort of thing. So the creative industries in China are really booming right now, as well as uh, industry. So is this just decline to the United States or is it worldwide? So this isn't just one country feeling this effect. It's a lot of students just not leaving. Is that it? That's the sentiment that Tyra was, exp uh, which she explained. Uh, I didn't actually explore um, several countries. I did read a few mm -hmm. um, articles about how there are fewer Chinese students um, coming to the U.S., but the numbers in the U.K. seem to be steady. Um, so that kind of... Um, it may change across the board where some are up, some are down, and there may be correlation, but who knows? Type yes. thing. Yeah, okay. it, sort of, it sort of segues into uh, what um, some people think is the problem, which uh, has to do more with the current administration or like the ease of being able to come to the U.S. To uh, study. When you're saying current administration, you're not talking about Colombia's administration. You're talking Correct. about the government. Correct. Okay. So President Trump, immigration policies, did anyone expand on that? I talked to Claire Lake, who is the director of the International Student and Scholar Services here at Columbia. And he was saying some of the sentiment um, expressed by Chinese students um, is that the current United States government isn't exactly friendly um, to immigration mm -hmm. in all um, forms, even though a student visa is a non-immigrant visa, um, that sort of sentiment sort of... Um, a non-welcoming sentiment is not welcoming, is yes. essentially what he's saying. Yeah. Okay, uh, but when looking at Chicago, I know that is part of the United States and is under the jurisdiction of the president. That's a pretty democratic city and is typically known as one that accepts immigrants, especially considering Illinois is a sanctuary city. Or not, Illinois has sanctuary laws. Chicago is a sanctuary city. And Columbia is being one of the more progressive ca or campuses, or at least that's how it's marketing itself. Did Claire or anyone you speak to talk about Columbia specifically. Let's zoom in here on Columbia's enrollment rate with Chinese students and how they feel at the college. Yeah, so Claire actually spoke with me about how the enrollment rate of Chinese international students here at Columbia is actually not um, is actually not changed um, so much over the where we're seeing this like national decline. The more it's, locally, it's not. It's defying what's happening nationally. Staying steady. Is it growing or staying steady? It's staying steady. He said there's been a slight decline, but not one that he would call like st 
statistically significant. Okay. Um, just sort of uh, a couple students, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, he said it's not representative of like the larger trend. Okay, Lauren, this story took uh, about a month or so of reporting. It's about a thousand plus words. I, there's more to get to, but at least for now on our sake, is there anything else we should know about your story? Um, no. Okay, Lauren, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. story with staff reporter Valeria Mancera to talk about her story, Students Are Not Sticking to Their Majors. Now, Valeria, we have a little bit of a student's um, theme going on for this week's podcast. So tell us a little bit about your story. So, um, yes, as you said, um, students are not sticking to their majors. I just thought it was an interesting topic to talk about. Um, just because, you know, sometimes you're in the classroom or your classmates, you you hear them say, oh, I don't know, I want to switch majors, I want to change majors. And I, I've been hearing that a lot. I don't know about you, but yes, I have. So well, I, hear, I hear it too, yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was um, interesting. So what are some statistics that you learned while working on this story? So you'll see in 2012, uh, 2,091 students enrolled in Columbia, but only 330 graduated with the major they had chosen from the beginning. That's super interesting because I feel that a lot of people change their majors, but they oftentimes change their majors in a different concentration, such as for example, like we're in the journal, like we're in the journalism department, and we are concentrating. Maybe we come in, we're concentrating in broadcast television. I for sure changed my major. I was a broadcast television major, but then I took a broadcast television course. I didn't really like it, and I found that I really liked radio, so I switched over to radio. But it's interesting because when people switch their majors, maybe they're not switching it drastically, but they are switching their majors. Right, no, you're right. That happens a lot. Um, you probably won't move from film to uh, probably science of a science major. Right. But yeah, um, it happens a lot, and like between the same kind of route. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, who are some of the people that you spoke to for this story? So I talked to Keith Lawson. He's the director of academic advising here at Columbia, and. And so, well, what he said is that this, of course, is an important decision between students, and they definitely should do some research before doing it. But, I mean, he said also if they're considering doing it, then it's because of something. You know, there's a reason why they're thinking about switching their major. So do you have anyone else that you spoke with for this story? Uh, yeah, I also talked to Linda Davis. She's assistant director of advising at Roosevelt University. And, you know, what she said is that this is something that's been happening a lot. It happens a lot, and not only here or there in Roosevelt. It happens probably, I mean, not probably, well, sorry. And yeah, so she said this happens all the time. It's not something that's going to ever stop or that's not going to happen just because, you know, we change our minds as students. And yeah, what she said is that you definitely want to 
think um, more about it. Just give it some thought and figure out what you want and before you actually do it. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, because we are expected to pretty much kind of figure out our life around 18 years old when you graduate high school and you go off to college or whenever you may go off to college. It's like sometimes adults and advisors and other like influential people in a younger person's life um, may try to direct them or have a conversation with them on how you know like you need to figure it out like you need to know what you want to do but it's really hard to know what you want to do and changing your mind in college is also a really big deal for a lot of people I know a lot of people who have changed their majors like super last minute and they actually don't even use their major or like, their degree and I think part of the fact that people change their major may be just because of the pressure to get a degree in something and know that that's the thing that you want to do at such an early age. Like, what do you think about that? No, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, you probably are under pressure as a student all the time trying to figure out what you want to do. But um, at the end of the day, I think you just... I mean, if you want to switch your major, just... You just got to give it some thought. You know, it's not like you're making the right decision um, or the wrong decision decision by switching majors. But, yeah. Um. So I see that you spoke with a student in the story um, who discussed their major switch with you. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So Patrick Kyle, um, I remember when I asked him, about why he switched his major. What he said is that he started on comedy writing. That was something he actually wanted to do, but then he registered registered late, and then he got into some classes that he felt it was hard for him to keep up, so. I definitely think that that's another reason why people switch their majors. Um, Curriculum at Columbia is so different from other schools because we get hands-on experience in our fields. Um, Our professors are still in the industry. It's a really great teaching strategy, and it's something that other universities and colleges don't really do. So I can understand why somebody would, you know, change their interest about a major because they have a mentor and a professor who is actually in that field. And if they aren't liking already what they're doing, I can understand why somebody might want to change their major. Um, It's a difficult decision to make because it's a lot of pressure. You know, people will have their comments, their remarks. um, But I think ultimately at the end of the day that students should just look out for their best interest and what they really like to do. And I think that like a student changing their major, it's not as big of a deal to us as it is to the older generation in a way because they expect us to have our lives figured out so quickly. Right. No, I I think you're right. And what you said about here at Columbia having all these kind of experiences, um, well, you know, when you go into into a major that you want to and then you experience... I don't know, for example, here with radio, you get this experience of doing this podcast and you, you see you actually like it or you can see like you you don't really like it and this is not what you want to do. So 
yeah, you can definitely change your mind. Um, but yeah, also I remember Betsy, she, she said it's really important that students are looking also into the industry. industry. They're, they're actually gonna be ended, on, ended up working on. So is there anything else that we should know about your story or any final remarks? Yeah, so I guess I'm just going to add, uh, like we've been saying, it's not definitely not wrong switching your major, but if you want to do it, you for sure want to keep in mind all of the factors that you need to consider before doing it. Like, just how is this going to financially affect you? How is this going to affect your graduation um, year? How is this going to affect your credits, your, yeah, you just, you just gotta keep that in mind. You just gotta keep or get the information you need before doing it. But yeah, if you definitely are thinking about doing it, then just um, figure out what you want. So for additional reporting on this story, you can pick up a newspaper on a newsstand near you, or you can head over to ColumbiaChronicle.com. tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. You can check out all of these stories and more in our print edition available on campus on our website, columbiachronicle.com and additional coverage on social media. We are at CC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And The Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of our staff of the Columbia Chronicle WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the Communications Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride, Chair. Chronicle Headlines is produced and hosted by Yasmin Shika and Blaze Mesa. So that's what Columbia looks like! This is what Columbia looks like! Published since 1973. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. This is Chronicle Headlines.